first reading is from Revelation, the 21st chapter. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will make what is mine and declare it to you. A little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray. O Spirit of Truth, we give thanks for the gift you bring uh, to us of God's Word. And in that Word, all that we need for our life and for our salvation. Bless us again as we consider this miracle of truth. Strengthen us in this gift that you bring to us in Jesus, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. And of course, as I mentioned in the introduction, our theme tonight is about the truth, our concern for the truth, God's concern for the truth. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples, and he is preparing them for a whirlwind of trouble that's about to descend upon him and all of them. We'll get into that more in just a moment. But throughout the Bible, God warns us about the problem of lies. 
We also heard in Revelation 21, second to the last chapter of the Bible, John speaking about what happens to unrepentant sinners being cast into the lake of fire, including, among others, liars. We pray that God would lead us by the spirit of truth into all truth. I divided the sermon into a little outline which you see in the bulletin tonight. First, off the power of lies, and then secondly, the patience of the truth. The power of lies. I think if I were to do a man-on-the-street interview, and if I were to ask the average person out there in the world, of these three sins, murder, adultery, lying, which do you think is the least damaging? I'm pretty sure most people would opt for lying. After all, it's something that hardly, well, none of us can really escape. It's so, a sin that is so easily committed. And there are also times when we actually justify lying and we have that little phrase in our culture about things being white lies. We've all run into problems like that. I remember some years ago I bought a pair of really ugly shoes and I had a friend, a priest by the name of Father John. And I asked him, what do you think about my shoes, Father? Well, he took a long look at those shoes and he was very careful and he said, I'm sure they're very comfortable. <laughs> I thought I was going to trap him in a little white lie, but he got out of it. Well, we see the importance of lies throughout the verses and chapters of the Bible. And John, especially in that Revelation reading, com connects the problem of lying to all the other terrible sins, sexual immorality, murder, idolatry, and so on. So why would John do that? Why would the Bible put so much stress on lies and liars as such a serious problem? Well, the reason it's so serious is because lies, obviously, are the opposite of truth. And truth is what is so important. Isaiah, in chapter 45, has a beautiful couple of verses that explain to us what the truth is. And when we see what the truth is, then we can begin to understand why God is so concerned about lies. Truth begins, actually, with the creation of the world. Remember that God created the world with words. Let there be light, and there was light. Then let there be a firmament, and so on. So this is what Isaiah begins with. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Truth is what God says. Truth is what God does. And God's truth always brings forth goodness. Whether it be the creation of the world or the salvation of sinners or even the final judgment, whatever it is, God's word is what brings things together in the right way, in the way of life. Psalm 58 tells us that lies, on the other hand, 
are like the poison of a serpent. Solomon says in Proverbs 26 that even when we joke in lies, we are like a man who throws firebrands, arrows, and death. And perhaps the harshest words spoken in the Bible about the problem of lying is in Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 44, when he refers to the devil as a murderer and the father of lies. When he speaks, Jesus says, he speaks out of his own character. This is everything that he is. And everything he says, just the very opposite of everything God says, destroys and tears things down. And this is the power of lies. It is the power to destroy what God has made and what God has created good. So that brings us then to the patience of truth. As I said, Jesus spoke these words of our lesson, gospel lesson today in the upper room. Let's hear part of them again. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And then a verse later, he will glorify me. This was Monday, Thursday. Good Friday was coming and also Easter. As I said, they were about to be wrapped up in a whirlwind of lies and confusion and trouble and suffering and death. But Jesus was assuring his disciples that nevertheless, the truth would prevail. Even when Jesus was on trial before Pontius Pilate, he spoke of truth. For this cause I was born, he told Pilate, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate responded sarcastically and cynically, what is truth? You see, Pilate had given up on the truth. And this is the very thing that Jesus did not want his disciples to do. This is what he does not want us to do today either. Jesus promised his disciples and he promises to all of us the sending of the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus, always focuses our attention on our Savior, Jesus. For as Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the life, and the truth. There are two ways this spirit of truth helps us. One way has to do with the lies that we struggle with in our own hearts. And the other way this spirit of truth helps us is in the lies that surround us in the world in which we live. Let's look first at the lies in our own hearts. We are born in sin, and we are born, as we sang in that hymn, in Adam we have all been one. We have been born rejecting God's word of truth, and in that rejection there's a vacuum that is quickly filled with all kinds of falsehoods and lies. And so this is always our nature and our tendency in the direction that by, uh, by, by nature we always go. We read of the account of David in the Old Testament and how he got caught up in temptation, which involved adultery and then murder, but really, worst of all, lying, covering up his sins. 
until the prophet Nathan confronted him with the lies that he was harboring in his heart. And at that point, David had a choice. He could have killed Nathan, and he would have been able to continue the cover-up that he was involved in. But David realized, by the grace of God, what was happening. The more he lied, the more he had to lie. And we become snared in our own lies. And they become chains and weights that drag us down. And so David, by the grace of God and the work of the Spirit of Truth that was working on him now through the prophet Nathan, made that decision to kill the lie in his own heart rather than to kill the prophet of the Lord. Romans 8, chapter 2 speaks of this. Paul says, The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. It's hard to tell our hearts the truth. It's hard to confront those lies that always creep up in our own hearts. But this is where the spirit of truth comes in. The spirit of truth is the gift that God gives us to overcome lies, first of all, in our own hearts, leading us to repentance. And in repentance, the chains and the weights and the burdens that always come along with falsehood are broken and they fall away. This is the beautiful work of the spirit of truth that Jesus promised to the disciples and to all of us. And this is really the most important thing that the spirit does for each of us. But the spirit of truth also helps us now as we face a world which still rejects the Lord, his word, and is still steeped in falsehood and lies. We live in it constantly, so much so that we sometimes perhaps don't even notice how much of it is going on around us. How many of us are not used to scammer phone calls, scammer emails, relentless, over and over, day after day, many times in one day? We worry about false advertisers, and we learn how careful we have to be to read the fine print. We spend, I can't imagine how much money in our courthouses all over the United States. We have police, we have judges, we have lawyers. And what do they spend their time doing most of the time? Trying to ferret out the truth from the lies which the world holds on to tenaciously. Why do we have to make sure we have notaries and why do we have to make sure everything is really true because there are so many who are sold out to the problem of lies politicians and media continue to press for different narratives and we have to listen carefully to try to figure out what is the truth about immigration the truth about elections the truth about inflation And then worst of all, these lies bleed over into the theological and into the spiritual because any attack on the truth, whatever truth it is, is an attack on God and on God's people. And so we see the attacks against the truth of life, the truth of sex, the truth of marriage, the truth of family, the truth of free speech. But here's the most important thing to remember about all of this. 
And that is, this is the way things are in a world that has turned its back on God. It is lost in the culture of lies. This is all that it can do. Romans 1, verse 18, Paul says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Sometimes, I know I have made the mistake of thinking that, well, all we have to do is fight back with the truth. All we have to do is speak the truth, and eventually the people will get it. No, they won't. They will never get the truth because they don't want the truth, and they will always suppress it. And this is where we come back to this promise of the spirit of truth. This is what we really need. As we think about either the lies inside of us we struggle with from time to time or the lies in which we are immersed in this world that are unending and keep coming at us day after day after day, we can look to God's Holy Spirit and we can see the devil is the one who stands behind all lies. Jesus says he is the father of it. But it is the Holy Spirit that stands behind all truth. And if we want the truth, we seek it from God. He is the author of it. The beautiful thing is that in all of this, God has actually kept this promise. Just a few moments ago, we confessed our faith together in some very profound truths summarized by the Apostles' Creed. That Apostles' Creed is over 1,800 years old. The New Testament is about 2,000 years old. The Old Testament is, is much older than that. It goes back all the way to the beginning of life itself. And these truths have been holding firm. They've been holding steadfast all of these years. And they're not going to go away. Peter says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Lies will always sprout and they will always grow and cause trouble but the thing about lies is that they still always die. Jesus alone is the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As Paul said in Romans chapter 3, let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written that you may be justified in your words and here we go, overcome when you are judged. God will overcome. God, the author of all truth, will overcome these lies. This is the promise Jesus made to his disciples in the upper room, a promise that he has been fulfilling uh, century and decade and year and month and day after day, which he still performs for us and fulfills for us as well. The patience of the truth. God help us to hold on to it in Jesus' name. Amen.